Welcome back, everyone. I'm Nicole. And I'm Crystal. You're listening to Las Brujas and Friends podcast. A podcast where we talk about legends and paranormal stories, sprinkled with true crime, extraterrestrial, and the like. A little disclaimer, we're not professionals, we're not historians, we just love everything scary. If you haven't already, which you should have, subscribe to and review this podcast. We are back, everyone. Happy New Year. It is 2020. Yes. Las Brujas have now moved in, officially. We've moved in. Oh, we've moved in. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're back. This is coming out maybe two weeks after New Year's, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Still New Year, right? We're still here. We're still here. Um, welcome to those who have never heard of us. You can rewind all the way back to episode, episode one. one. Our intro. What are we on now? 15? 15. Woo! 15. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta clean my glasses. Go yeah, ahead. I'm pretty. I'm not even gonna. We're just gonna leave it. I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> You're gonna leave it. So <laughs> I can't see anything. So, um, everyone, this is a podcast that um, Crystal and myself, Nicole, we've created. We are grateful and thankful to have this opportunity to share. What do we have? True crime this today. And You're doing true crime. I'm doing a haunted forest. There I was is. supposed to do true crime. I didn't do true crime. <laughs> Are you going to go first or am I going to go first? Um, I can go first. Okay. Mine's not long. It should be. <laughs> There's like it's pretty hour documentaries. There's series yeah. documentaries yes. on this. So this is a well-known American... Um, we didn't say in today's episode. In today's episode. <laughs> in today's episode. We're going to be talking about... Yes. Myself, I'm talking about Ted Bundy. And I am talking about the Pocomoke forest pokemoke pokemoke in maryland the most haunted forest in maryland but nicole's gonna start so let's hear about your killer so my uh true crime story is about an an american serial killer this took place in the 20th century so not that long ago in between the 1970s um the person that uh was known it was the first publicized case uh, when it came to a uh, an American serial killer. So Theodore Robert Bundy was born in 1946. Um, I, I said November 24th. So I'm pretty sure that was like Thanksgiving. Usually it's around that time period. Yeah. November 24th. Let me, I'll look it up. You go ahead. Keep okay. talking. Wait. November 24th, 1946. He was born in Vermont a by Sunday. a single mother. It was a Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Close Eleanor Louise Conwell, she went by Louise, and she was not married until 1951. So this is where Ted Bundy got his last name. On his birth certificate, there is no father. It's undetermined on who the father figure was. And with Louise being um, raised in a religious family, Mm -hmm. it was obviously frowned upon for her to have a child out of wedlock. Out of wedlock, Mm -hmm. yeah. So he was born in Vermont. They moved into Philly with the parents and with the grandparents in raising Ted. Ted was brought up to be known as an adopted child. And his mother, Louise, was actually taught that it was his sister. What? Yeah. (laughs) So grandparents are very religious. And because she wasn't married until 1951 to Johnny Bundy, growing up, he, Ted, Mm -hmm. Knew his mom as his sister. And not until she married, she took him out of the grandparents' house in Philly and moved into Mitacoma, Washington. That's weird. Yeah. I haven't watched anything or read So he was six. He was six when this happened? When they got married. 
So he, 1946 to 1951. Mm-hmm. He thought it was his sister the mm-hmm. whole time. And so when she took him out of that household and married this person, um, John, his stepdad, they didn't really have a good relationship. The what uh, Louise found out was he became very captivated with knives at the early as the ages of three. Don't know who you're going to let your kids play with knives, but OK. At three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a fascination that he had with knives Um Growing up as a single child, he had an abnormal childhood where, yes, he was okay in the eyes of that and his parents, but in his teenage years, he was sought to look into people's windows. That was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like a peeping Tom, pretty much, yeah. but as a teenager. So it wasn't something there where he got in trouble. Wow. What? Yeah. <laughs> This is so weird. Yeah. We're only at a teen mm-hmm. age. But it's all right. Oh it's all about growing up. Oh, he graduated. He re- received a degree in psychology from the University of Washington. He did? In 1972. Yes. He was accepted into law, law school in Utah. And while attending his uh, uh, University of Washington, he fell in love with a girl who was from California. She had mm. everything he wanted. Um, it was money. It was class, it was influence, and he just head over heels for this woman. Hmm. The relationship didn't last. He was brokenhearted and to his victims that he pursued hmm. had the same appearance of what of this law, yeah, oh, his heartbreak was. Yes. Go. So most of the victims had the dark, long black hair. Um, and starting in the 1970s, um, he became an active and political uh, person in his community. That's, so he was like a regular citizen. Mm-hmm. He be, he received a letter of recommendation from the governor who he had helped in his campaign. Just read a letter of recommendation from the governor. I tried to figure out who it was, but didn't get into that depth. Um, and with the killings that are to have been known, mm-hmm. or he's uh, said that he um, he's validated. Like Seven he, states, at least 30 killings of him confessing. Of his confessions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, within these seven states, it can go as high as a, triple digits, 100. The pattern, which I thought was pretty weird and peculiar, but I mean, I didn't know that there, there would be a specific way. Anyway, with him um, luring his victims, what he would do is he would uh, rape them and then beat them to death. Wait. This was just a consecutive method After that he, he would do. After he got his heart broken, he started to... He became actively involved in the community, but he would also lure women. So there were a lot of missing cases Oof. of women, so yeah, that just like, disappeared. He was like a model citizen. But yeah. yeah. He had like two lives. And apparently he must have had the looks to have a lot of women just That's what being I hear. active in the community. That's what I hear yes. a lot about Ted Bundy, that he's very charismatic yes. and he was good looking mm-hmm. and... The way he presented himself is how people fell for him. And I in don't know Seattle, too much, but yeah. I remember that. So Seattle, Oregon. Um, Seattle, Oregon. Oregon. Seattle, Washington, Oregon. and Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> um, he uh, had a couple instances where he made himself look like he was um, 
disabled, like he had a broken arm, and where women would be. Because, of course, during that time period, a lot of everyone was trying to get their education. Mm -hmm. So he would try to pretend that he was, yeah, um, that he needed help and would lure the women to his car. And at that point, take them and they'd be missing from at that point. There were, uh, there was a, a woman in here that escaped so his first charge when he was indicted, mm-hmm. she gave her full confession of what had happened. He lured her to the car. How did she escape? Did you... Okay, wait. So oh, before yeah. we go into that, <laughs> um, in 1974, when he moved to Utah to attend law school, he'd never received his degree but was accepted to law school in Utah. Okay. So when he moved um, to Utah, he was pulled over by a policeman. Mm-hmm. And while going over... Whatever was being said with the police, the officer noticed that inside his car he had handcuffs, he had a, what is it, crowbar, rope, a burglar mask. So he was arrested on assault of it possibly being a burglar, being a burglar, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He had all that evidence just sitting in the backseat mm-hmm. of his car? Oh. So in 1975, he kidnapped Carol DeRanche, and she escaped the sentencing for this case when he was arrested. For the charges, as, um, as little as one year, all the way up to 15 years. He did escape at least two times during this time period of the indictment, yes. So, being uh, arrested and in prison when he was facing his charges um, of a murder of another woman in Colorado. Oh my God. Yes, he acted as his, as his own lawyer. So they would allow him to go into the libraries, research, phone to calls, and all that stuff. Right. And that's where he escaped through a window. Oh, snap. Yes. He jumped out of the window, and he was caught eight days later. Yeah. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Wait, at this point, how many women had he killed, do you think? Um, I think that there was a... Well, in looking at it, there was a lot of uh, missing reports, but there was oh, no, there's no pinpointing because it was in different states. Yeah. So with this person um carol deranche mm-hmm. when the case was being held and he was sentenced he escaped during this the whole case trial so he was caught eight days later yes after being sentenced in december he escaped um out of his own cell he cut a hole through the ceiling and he dropped 30 pounds to fit into this small oh hole my yes God. And so he was reported missing inside the jail for at least 15 hours. Dang. Mm-hmm. It was easy to escape. This was in December. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. This was in December. And he wasn't arrested again until February. So he was out for yeah. mm-hmm. almost two So months. he was serving the sentence, I believe, and then got escaped during that time period of his sentence. A second time, you would think there would be more. More security. Yeah. But People watching it was him. the 70s. There was a lot of trust. A hole. I would have my eyes on him. Right? right? <laughs> so heck? he escaped and went all the way from Utah to Tallahassee, Florida. This is in 1978. The Chi Omega Sorority House and Florida State University. He, um, what do you say? Invaded? Not invaded. What are you talking about? He broke about? into the house. He broke into the sorority house. Yeah, attacked. He attacked four women. He killed two of them. Why was he? Did you research why he had a fascination to kill people? He was just born a killer. I think. I mean, given the way he was brought up, he's decapitated twelve of his victims. Ooh, twelve. So the reported confession of being at least thirty, almost half of them were decapitated. With the sorority women. 
he had bite marks on their butt cheeks. Oh. Yes. That's Which is odd because in all of the other ones, I don't see anything of him doing that consistently. Like that was his trademark. Maybe he just changed it up. Mm-hmm. Every so often. Well, you gotta think about it too. The other women that were never solved, they were mm-hmm. just missing. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows how many people actually killed? Mm-hmm. If anyone has Netflix, well, I know everybody has Netflix, <laughs> but there's all a, something similar to a Ted Bundy case. Well, not. Mm, it's called Confessions of a Killer. It's okay. a, I think it's three part series. I think it could be more videos than that. But it talks about this guy who went around killing people. And he claimed to have killed over 100 women, 100 people. But And he was confess- He was actually confessing to all of these murders. Come to find out, he didn't. He murdered maybe four. <laughs> but they, the police investigations and all that stuff were ticking off, like, closing all of these cases, thinking this guy did it. He didn't do anything, and those cases got closed. And it makes me think about Ted Bundy. How many cases are still open, wondering who killed them, mm-hmm. and it could be him. Now, the, what I find odd is when I watched I watched the film that Zac Efron was in in Netflix with oh, about did? Ted Bundy. Yes, in in reading the biography that they have of Ted Bundy on online, his wife at the time or he was married. So he was married while in prison. So while he was going oh. through the Florida State trial where he was sentenced to life, mm-hmm. he he proposed, and I guess during that time, you if you propose and she accepts that there is no need for doing the whole thing. A wedding? Yes. Or, um, but there was someone yeah. who he had uh, fell in love with after while attending uh, law school in Utah. This woman is said to have called the police and and say that she thinks he may have been the murderer because of his um, behavior and how he would disappear or be studying, whatever the case was. She, in the the movie at least, Mm -hmm. she has a lot of resentment because she wasn't sure if it was true and she sent us this man who she had a child Oh, yeah, man. she was a single mother. She uh, worked for the state and, you know, he grew a romantic relationship with her and she had asked him, you know, why didn't you kill me? Mm-hmm. And he had confessed that he um, would have, he wanted to, but he never like Whoa. really did it. Yes. Well, that's, that's, I would have a hard yeah. time yeah. after hearing that. Yeah. So this other woman was just a friend um, that followed him, I guess, and confessed while he was in prison that she had feelings for him. Mm -hmm. He he does have a kid. He does have a child through the woman he married, I guess. She and him hooked up inside prison. What is it called? What is it called? mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Oh, my gosh. I know there's somebody out there going, it's (laughs) it's a conjugal visit. Oh. Right? Isn't that what it's called? I think so. Conjugal, where they have the little room and you get, like, I don't know how mm-hmm. much time. You gotta... That's it. Quit. <laughs> well, they did enough. Mm-hmm. He has a child. So her, is... the wife is Carol Ann Boone. Uh-huh. And there's a child. Her name is Rose. She, she was born in 1982. <gasps> she mm-hmm. has his last name? Bundy? 
Um, I think she does. I, I looked it does. up. It says Rose Bundy. Yeah, Where Rose is Rose Bundy, Bundy today? Ooh. So, Bundy was charged. So, while going through the Florida, the girlfriend went to visit him, asked mm-hmm. him about what his uh, thoughts were because she knows she was trying to have him confess pretty much yeah. because he was sentenced to die for life on on Mr. Uh, old Sparky the electric chair in Florida. Oh, okay. So he was sentenced so during his that. final like week of being sentenced, he wanted to make he wanted to have a visit pretty much. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend showed up or the ex-girlfriend because he was already married and said, "I know you did this." I know you did all this to the girls. He's in the middle of walk. And he kept saying, no, no, no. And then she asked him, why didn't you do it to me? So then at that point, he said, I uh, wanted to, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in the movie, it says that he writes on the window. She she asks him, what did you do to these women? Because there were women found in forests, buried. Mm -hmm. He put hacksaw on the window. She gets up, takes off. So that's her confession from him, yes. He erases it. Hacksaw? Did they ever find? Well, he decapitated. At least 12. So he probably used a hacksaw. Oh, my Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, he was electrocuted in 1989. That oh, was, he was electrocuted? He was, yes. See, he I didn't look. electric chair. I never watched any of the movies or documentaries, so this is all news to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of people out there know so much about Ted Bundy. Yeah. I don't know. Now I know. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. So for me, I found it interesting because I had heard of the name, but mm-hmm. never researched the history. And true crime had come in. So I said, okay, let me find something that maybe not everyone knows about. It happened a while ago. A lot of us that are now born in the 80s, late 80s, maybe your parents talked about it. But for the most part, people born in the 90s, they're oh, not no, going to know yeah. any of that. Yeah. Unless yeah, you go to law school or unless you have to do a project on on a true, on a serial killer, then okay. It was just probably newspapers, news stations, but not every... I'm sure people talked about it, but there's there was no outlet besides radio, newspaper, news stations, mm-hmm. right? Unless mm-hmm. you had, like, your own little paper that you distributed. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not like today where we have the internet and we can look up hundreds of people that are yeah. interested in him so yeah i didn't know anything and now i want to watch that movie. he did murder a 12 year old girl too um did he in, confess to that one this was during while he was in florida yes so on february 9th 1979 a 12 year old girl named kimberly leach so he was arrested in february and in 1989 that was 1979 so 10 years later he was killed by old sparky holy cow I'm reading, I looked it up real quick, and it says that his daughter, I was like, wife, his oh. daughter is um, 37 years old. She's not that much older than us. No. It's so weird. Yes. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Did she go to school in Florida? Do I know her? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in, so this was in Tallahassee where. Oh, yeah, the, I don't know her. That was yeah. really far. Um, wow. I had no idea. I thought it was just one of... A, mm. Yeah, so it says Boone gave birth to daughter Rose in 1982. She named oh, 82, Bundy okay. as a father. Um, but not much is known about Rose. Well, I mean, 
aside from her mother telling her who her father mm-hmm. was. Yeah, but I mean, she grew up in the same age we did with the internet, so I'm sure she knows. Not only that, you have a lot of people that, if she has that last name, oh yeah, are you related to? Right? Can yeah. you imagine how annoying that is? Yeah. Where did the chicken you, cross the road? Dead, Wendy. <laughs> the famous murderer. <laughs> That's me. So Bundy's body was cremated in Gainesville. And in the movie, it says that Bundy's, well, towards the end of the credits, Bundy's last request was while being cremated, his ashes are to be spread all over in the forest of where the women. Oh. Isn't that creepy? That's like a final. Yeah. Whoa. Let me just join all the women that I buried. That's twisted. I wonder why he was like that, though. It says here, yeah. Before he was ex- executed, he requested his ashes to be scattered in the Cascade Mountains of Washington State, where he murdered at least four of his victims. So at least four. Wait, did he actually confess, confess to anything? Or 30, at only, least 30. So he confessed to them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've done, um, now I'm going to look this up. Now I'm going to look all up and down about Ted Bundy, but I wonder if they did any DNA evidence to link him to other murders, because they have his DNA, right? And if he's raping the women... Then his DNA has to be on the bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's... And in the case for the sorority women in Florida, they did show pictures of an orthodontist stating that the bite marks matched his teeth. Oh, yeah, see? So. There's a lot of ways they could link him mm-hmm. now. But it also reminds me, like, of, I know a very little about the Zodiac Killer. Oh, the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of and then stuff I, about that one. That one, and then what was the other one? Charles Manson. The Golden State or something? Oh, the Golden State Killer. Yeah. That was, that one's, that one creeped me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they caught that one. Just recently. Yeah. Just recently. I want to say at least three or four years ago. Yeah. And he was living in a regular neighborhood, mm-hmm. married with a kid. In Sacramento, and, I think. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Wow. They live among us. Mm-hmm. Imagine how many people we pass by in our lives that have murdered somebody and we have no idea. Mm-hmm. That's a creepy thought. During the 70s, too, it's a lot of... Uh, this was during the time where a lot of people were finding themselves. In the 70s? Know? Oh, yeah. everybody... Yeah, everybody was going through that um, phase of their life with all the psychedelics and the movements. Yes. Yeah. So was, even it, then, if he was more inclined to be a part of the community, I don't see where the fascination drove him to kill these women. Like... I don't know. I mean, even today, in today's world, people who use date rape and all that stuff, too. Like, you have women everywhere. You have men everywhere. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to go to that extent? That's what, I don't know. It's just a mind thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was brought up to think his own mother was a sister. And imagine uh, religion pushed on you that much mm-hmm. that your whole world is twisted and upside down up until you're six. Because... Mm-hmm. That would mess me up. So it's not your sister. She's actually your mom and you're leaving. Yeah, and you're leaving because you just got married to your stepdad that Mm -hmm. doesn't even like you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. I'm not going to say that's a reason why he should have done everything he did, but yeah, that's pretty bad. I'm telling you, these kids, I wish I could have a huge farmland that I could take in all the unwanted and abused children and just love them. I always feel so bad for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't deserve that. They don't. <sighs> okay. So speaking on behalf of spreading the ashes to the forest of Washington, where are we going? We're going to Maryland. Okay. It, where far is Maryland from Washington? It's on the opposite side, right? Yes. 
Is East it? Coast. Yeah, it is. Sure is. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there's a lot of slavery in this forest. I didn't even know we had a forest this dense in America. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk about the Pocomoke Forest. It's in Maryland, and it is um, one of the most haunted forests in America. It's very haunted there. So it's located in Maryland. North During daylight? Huh? Haunted in the daylight? Yeah. It's haunted 24-7 in this Ooh. place. <laughs> So it's north of Pocomoke City. It's a state forest. It lies on the um, on both banks of Pocomoke River in Wor Worcester County. The forest is supposedly famous, uh, famous for besides it being haunted, <laughs> for its loblolly pine trees. I don't know what those are. <laughs> but all pine trees look like Christmas trees to me. It has the river is actually like a legit river. Their boats can go up and down it, mm -hmm. and then there's swamps all over the place around in this Bugs. forest. Oh, yes. Very swampy, very humid, yucky. It's actually 18,000 acres. 18,000. I'm telling you, it's a huge forest. It's a huge Let's piece of land. Let's stamp it as a forest. Um, and like many other state parks, forest, you can go camping. There's trails, there's hiking. In this one specifically, they have hunting. And there's uh, different areas you can go and hunt. If you would like to go hunt some deer, some squirrels, some turkey... Pokemoke Forest, go ahead and go there. It's so big, they have it split up into parts. There's like a north part, a central part, a south part, an east part. Wow. So when you look up the maps, the northern part is like mainly hunting. Central is mainly hiking. South, there's a little bit of hiking. Well, can you imagine but... you hiking in the wilderness and they're yes. hunting for game? That's what I'm thinking. You're just on a hike and you just hear guns going off. Mm -hmm. That's that's scary in Wrong itself. Way, go, way, go. <laughs> yeah, go the other way. Um, before the state actually acquired the land, it was uh, cleared for farming and used as farm woodlots. But when the Depression era hit, many farmers fell on hard times. The federal government acquired a lot of the land. But then in the mid-1950s, the federal government deeded its holdings to the state. So it's gone through its phases. It's gone through its owners. Okay, let's talk about Pocomoke. The word it actually means black water, right? In what um, language? Aquaquilin. I can't say it. <laughs> it's a Native American tribe okay. language. Okay. So Pocomoke means black, and then it's attributed to, or it's supposed to mean black because of the water. The water is black, and it's black because, like I was talking about cypress trees, there's a specific cypress tree that grows in this area mm -hmm. that it lets off its bark and stuff that makes the water black. So if you imagine tea, you put different types of herbs, your tea changes colors. That's kind of what these trees are doing to the water, except it's making it so black that apparently if you go into the water and you get around four feet deep, four to six feet deep, you can't see anything. Light doesn't even penetrate past that mark. Wow. No light. It's completely black. So going off of that, People who fall into this river drown. What? Can't find them. You can't find them. Imagine falling into a, dense, a river. It's a dense river or is it just like... It's black. Imagine falling into blackness. How are you going That's to see? Creepy. That's creepy. <laughs> That's yes. so creepy. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's black. That you can't... And you, there's no ambient lighting that can get through. <gasps> so if you fall into this river, it's an emergency mm -hmm. because... How can you, even I picture 
a rescue team trying to go in the water with lights and the light won't even shine shine through yeah you get for what, a couple three feet in that's it mm-hmm. <gasps> insane so yes the pokemon river whoa yeah um going back back in time when there's plantations and stuff there are reports that slaves were drowned in the waters mm-hmm it has a history, Pocomoke, that area has a huge history of slave abuse and death. And there are other reports, rumors, allegations that slave owners would impregnate the women, rape them and impregnate them, and then drown the babies in the water to get rid of, like, the evidence. Oh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is, but I saw it throughout articles that I was reading, so it could be true. So a lot of people that go out into this forest, let's get into the spookiness, they see a lot of apparitions, they'll see mist, figures of people, and a lot of people think that it's the slaves that were, that their spirits are still in the forest. Yeah. I want to talk about a specific story that keeps coming up. Every time I looked up Pokemoke Forest, this story kept coming up, and it's about the cellar house. So there's a house somewhere in this forest. It's located on the banks of the Pocomoke River, and it dates back to the 1730s. It was built by a six-fingered French sea captain. (laughs) Six fingers. And he apparently built it for himself (laughs) and his bride, his young bride. And there's, okay, this doesn't make sense. There is this one little detail that I kept seeing throughout my research that it was built on top of um, former Indian burial site. But it doesn't really make sense because there are also rumors that there are tunnels under this house because it was used to smuggle and steal goods and transfer goods by pirates. And there's a cellar in there where the captain would keep his... I guess the things he wanted to keep or he would store them in the cellar and there you go. It's called the cellar house. But I didn't read any reports that there's actually tunnels in there. I didn't even read any reports that somebody's been in the cellar. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Let's go on a trip. (laughs) Well, we can't. That's Why? why there's no, I'm guessing they pulled all this information from history throughout time, but this house was passed down mm-hmm. and then it was, you know, bought out by different people. And Demolished? It's always, no, it's still there, but it's private property. It's been private uh! It's not a tourist spot. You can't go to the cellar house. Mm-hmm, we cannot. You cannot go there. Mm-hmm. It's private property. Mm-hmm. You can see it if you go down the river, mm-hmm. but you can't bark and go <laughs> knock on the door. Um, and I heard, I saw, I mean, this land obviously goes back Can you imagine forever. how long the tunnels, how far they went? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. It's either, there's either burial sites under there or there's tunnels. Wow. Um, there was, I saw somewhere that there was an original house that was on the land from the 1600s, but the cellar house was like the house that's there now. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. So the cellar house, what's so significant about this house that was built by this captain for his young wife is that the young wife and a baby haunt the house. <gasps> and so does the sea captain, apparently. But the twist to the story is, is that the baby does not belong to the sea captain. Well, he's a pirate. He is a pirate, though. <laughs> but this baby was not his, but the wife was his. Hmm. So. Wait, what? 
Yeah, the captain would go on long voyages. He is a pirate or a captain, whatever you want to call him. One day he returned back to the house, to his village, and his wife was pregnant. And I guess he did the math and he was like, that's not my baby. So she cheated on him, got pregnant by somebody else, and... How do we know she cheated on him? Because she got pregnant while he yes, was Yes, but gone. how do we know... Okay, but how do you know that she wasn't raped? Because you'll find out. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess it goes along with the story. It, you, It's not a rape because of what she does. Okay. So he comes back from a long voyage, sees that she's pregnant, and he gets enraged, and he banishes her. <clears throat> Leave. So she left. She went to another village... She lived in this other village down the Pocomoke River. Um, she gave birth to the child, and once she gave birth to the child, she wanted to go back to the captain. So she goes. She, her plan is to go back to her husband and beg for mercy. So she hires a raft to take her back down the, the river to the cellar house. As they're making this voyage, it was at night, and the raft tips over. And the guy who she had hired to take her down was an elderly man, drowned, black water, remember? And it's at night. You ain't got, you got no chances. None. You have a candlelight. That's all you have (laughs) back then. Not even, even if they have that. Even if they were using that, and they're probably using the moon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he drowned, the baby drowned. She fell into the water as well, but somehow she pulled herself out of the water and walked Mm -hmm. the rest of the way to the house finds her husband and starts begging for mercy to take him, take her back. And he does not want her back. They get into a heated argument, and he stabs her to death in their master bedroom. I don't know why master bedroom. He dragged her there and stabbed her to death, apparently. Um, there are some reports that he fled because he knew he would get in trouble for his crime. And so it was pretty much like baby drowned, the wife got stabbed to death, and then he took off. So everyone just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And now, apparently, those three spirits haunt the surroundings of the cellar house. And the first thing people talk about when they talk about these three specific people is that people who park near it, because you can't park at the house, but campsites or hiking, whatever, you park your car near it. Nosies. They will go. Yeah. Us. <laughs> they'll come back to the car and there'll be a six-fingered handprint on the car. <gasps> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Six-fingered handprint right there on One, your car. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> right? <laughs> you start counting the fingers. Oh, something else that is kind of like urban legendy folklore stuff is that apparently since he fled after he stabbed her oh. and I don't think anybody went into the room... So her body kind of decomposed on that floor. <gasps> he didn't bury her. He just took off, left her he dead. Left her dead. Yeah. And apparently nobody went into the master bedroom. He's a pirate. I don't. I wouldn't go into a pirate's master bedroom, especially if I heard him and his wife arguing. Yeah. Right. I guess her body decomposed in this area, and it it, it was never cleaned up, and the outline of her body is still on the floor. Whoa. There are reports that they've tried to clean it and remove the stain, and the stain reappears. Apparently, this house has gone through renovations, and they have ripped the floors out and put new floors down, and the stain reappears. Come on. I know. That's why I said it might be just like a story. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I saw a lot of it, but nobody can go into the house. Yeah. So how are we supposed to know? <laughs> and then the last thing about it, about these specific three people, is that if you're in the woods surrounding the cellar house or on the river, you'll hear a woman wailing, you hear a baby crying, or you'll, you know, hear, you know, you hear cries and screams at night in this forest. Creepy. This forest looks I don't really- know what I would do if I was camping in a haunted forest and just hear somebody crying because you're in darkness you're camping you may have a lantern now yeah now. some type of light or your car nearby but you're not going to be able to identify where the sound is coming from because there are no street lights in no forests way. you flash your light out yeah. there all you see are trees mm-hmm. we've been in the woods at night mm-hmm. all you see are trees you walk fast Oh, you walk fast. Mm-hmm. Remember that one time we were camping and we had to use the bathroom? Mm-hmm. We had tunnel vision. <laughs> Just the bathroom. Only you can see what you can see. That's it. <laughs> um, there are two stories that I found mm-hmm. that were also creepy about the Pokemon Forest. And I got these off of ChesapeakeGhost.com. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is called The Boyfriend. A boy and a girl were in a car and ran out of gas. They heard something. The boy got out to look for a phone, and he told her not to turn around or get out of the car and to lock all the doors. He was gone for a long time, and she kept hearing noises on the roof of the car. She never turned around at all. She just lay on the seat. She fell asleep and finally woke up. It was morning. She remembered what had happened, so she sat up and slowly looked out the front windshield. Then she turned slowly toward the back window. Was that you? Okay. (laughs) Scared me. And she saw her boyfriend's head sitting on the trunk. <gasps> she screamed and got out. The sounds she heard that night were the fingernails of her boyfriend scraping the top of the car where somebody had hung him feet first in a tree. The story is told as the honest truth. It explains what can happen when someone runs out of gas in Pokemon Forest. I saw a lot of stories that people will be driving through the forest and their car will turn off. And they'll just be stuck in darkness you in this push forest. that car neutral! <laughs> Go! Alas Mexicans, we yes. have all the doors open yep. pushing. Yes. <laughs> Put it in neutral. What are they waiting? Get First of all, a bunch of Mexicans would not find yep. themselves in a haunted forest. <laughs> but if we did. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're going to put everybody together. They're going to have the baby driving. And everybody else is going to be <laughs> pushing that car. Don't need the pedals. Nope. Okay. And then... The second story is called The Hook Man. A young man and a young lady were parking in the confines of the Pokemon Forest. The radio was playing and all of a sudden a special bulletin came on. It seems that an inmate at the Cambridge State Hospital had escaped. He was last seen headed for the Pokemon Forest from the Salisbury area. He could be recognized as being about 6 feet tall and weighing 165 pounds, having jet black hair and a beard that was also black. His right hand had been cut off and its place was a hook. His problem was that he killed people who disturbed the Pokemon forest. In about half an hour, the young lady broke away from the young man's embrace. I guess they were hugging in the car. She insisted that he take her right home because she had heard a noise. When the young man and the young lady got out of the car, they heard a clanging noise. They looked in the gutter beside the car and there lay a hook. To this day, the crazy man with the hook for a hand has been seen many times, but he has never been caught. This is a story that is well-known and believed by many people. So apparently there's a hook man that lives in this forest. He's a caretaker of the forest. Sounds like it. I think he's a pirate sailor person. No, this guy's actually real. What? 
Yeah, you escaped from the state hospital. No, I don't know. And then to end this, if you ever find yourself near the Pokemon Forest in the Pokemon Forest around the area, they have ghost tours and they will take you into the forest at night. Wait, ghost tours? Ghost tours. Oh. They'll take you into the forest at night and tell you scary stories while you're doing the tour. <laughs> I will not be doing that in 2020. Come on! <laughs> Just one. No. I don't want to see a captain. I don't want to see a we'll, baby. We'll do a whole bunch of things. Look, that's an exercise because we're walking slash running. Oh, and then your adrenaline's like peak. Yeah! Mm -hmm. No thanks. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> but yeah, that's my story about the Pokemon Forest in Maryland. Hopefully this is, has intrigued your guys' um, minds in what to think, what could have happened if you lived in the 20th century with a serial killer in your neighborhood mm -hmm. or in Maryland and wanted to be adventurous. You want to go see some black water? Yeah. Ooh, that's so creepy. The locals probably go over there as a Tourist. You know it would be really cool if they did like a glass elevator type thing that goes down so you can In the start, water? Yeah. Like so a submarine. You, kind of, yeah. So you can see the levels of darkness as you get lower and lower Ooh. and lower until there's complete blackness. I've watched Jaws. That's where I stop. <laughs> but this is a river. There's no So Jaws what? River. There's probably... There's... Alligators. Yeah, Talk something. Alligators? Freshwater out. shark go in the rivers. But I thought freshwater shark aren't dangerous. It's a shark. That's true. Anacondas. Yeah. All that. <laughs> Ooh, anacondas? Because they're swamps. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got everything in this yep. forest. Mm -hmm. I never even knew about this forest. Mm -hmm. Sounds amazing. It's haunted. Yeah. I wonder how active... Obviously, it's going to be active more at night. But how active it is during the day. Such a large forest. It's scarier to me when there's activity like that during the day can you imagine hiking and you hear a baby crying and you mm -hmm. start looking for a baby because you're like there's a baby crying somewhere mm -hmm. ain't no baby crying there's a baby ghost mm -hmm. i didn't hear you yeah <laughs> keep crying Marco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay that's it for us this wraps up this episode subscribe to las brujas and friends podcast make sure to follow us on instagram at las brujas podcast and on twitter at brujas podcast we would love to hear from you any feedback suggestions or personal testimonials that confirm these stories we would love to read them a question for you would you ever visit the pokemo haunted forest or would you ever date a serial killer <laughs> and marry him and have a child yep <laughs> Okay. Join us next week. We post every Friday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>